This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Fabiola. Hey, Leo. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm tired. You're tired. I mean, we, uh, first of all, we do not have a guest, which it's been a while mm -hmm. since we uh, have not had a guest. And I think we, we had some people lined up, but just getting everybody coordinated, you know, mm -hmm. to, to including ourselves, including ourselves to, to do the weekly episode just did not those those stars did not align uh, uh, this evening. So we're kind of going back to our roots a little bit. We're mm -hmm. doing uh, uh, more just a conversational episode between you and I. And so we, we, we just got done talking for about an hour trying to kind of determine what we wanted to to uh, uh, walk through. And the conversation went off the rails. Went off the rails. In <laughs> fact, it would if we would have recorded that, that would have probably been extremely interesting. <laughs> and entertaining. For those of you listening, but yes. uh, we, we didn't do that. And so now we're kind of uh, coming back together to say, Hey, what do we want to talk about? And, and I know for me, uh, top of mind, top of mind, it, mm -hmm. it, it has been, uh, we have this election coming up, this midterm election. And, uh, uh, there was recently an election in Brazil where, where, uh, uh, you hail from and, and, uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, kind of echoed. played out just the way I thought it would. Yeah. And, and, uh, that Except whole... there's no FBI really in Brazil that can go off the pro go after the protesters. <laughs> well, and, and just a little bit of background on that for for those of you who may not uh, follow uh, foreign affairs, but uh, Brazil was much in a situation like uh, the U.S. was, where uh, they had a uh, or they I guess they still do ha have a president who uh, was likened to Donald Trump. And uh, same uh, faction. That's my belief. You, you believe they're in the same oh, gang? Yeah. They go to the same union meeting? I think so. I think there's all these different gangs going on we don't know about, you know, and they all kind of, you know, trade out players here and there. But I mean, they were so similar and, you know, the media hated Bolsonaro just like they hated Trump here. And they, uh, Bolsonaro really called to the, um, the evangelical um, part of the population, which now I think is the majority. I mean, like maybe like 51%. I, I could be misspeaking here, but just from things I've heard, um, he was very, very, I guess, appeared very Christian-like and um, kind of like a rebel, you know? He didn't want to go along with the, uh, the COVID situation just like Trump. Uh, and where he actually diverged from Trump a little bit is that he was kind of uh, fighting the whole thing with the, the shots. You know, he went public and said, I wouldn't give that to my my child. 
Right. Well, you and know, and he brought in the hydroxychloroquine, which of course people made fun of him for that, and talk about ivermectin. Not saying that he really did. I mean, I don't think Bolsonaro had a lot of friends. Let's say that he he um, maybe he didn't want to play the game. He was just put there, just kind of like Trump was put up there, you know, as maybe made some alliances. I don't necessarily believe elections are real. That's just from our experience going to... People are selected, not elected. Yeah, I don't think people are elected. And I think, you know, if we look more into the spiritual aspect of politics in particular, I think is a really low, may I say, low vibration faction um, I don't even know if they consider themselves part of society um, I think here in the US maybe things are a, a bit more elegant I'd like to say that in the US you know corruption is done through charity yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in Brazil it's just in your face it's you know they, yeah society. they stole your money and that's that what are you gonna do about <laughs> well but I, I think the real interesting thing around the uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil is if we go back in time a little bit to when he was uh, getting elected. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that pretty vividly because uh, uh, didn't he get stabbed? Yeah, remember in mm-hmm. the in the he uh, got stabbed before which, the election. Which you know the liberal, I guess the liberal side of the media or the the far far left was saying that he planned all that. And that's why he won the election, basically, because there was so much publicity when that happened. I don't even think he was in the top two running. Maybe it was like third or something. And after that stab... He he pushed up to the top. He pushed up to the top, and then he won the election. And my family, I have a a pretty large family in Brazil, and everybody was just sick of... Lula basically and Dilma was impeached. Yeah, his successor, yeah. Yeah, so Dilma was basically, you know, Lula's third term and she just pissed some people off. Didn't want to play the game and I guess if you watch there's a show on Netflix you guys want to watch too. It's it's fictional, but I think there's a lot of truth in it, but it's called the mechanism. And it kind of explained what happened with Dilma and the impeachment and the corruption. And you, you thought it was pretty good? I thought it was pretty good, but it was really, I think that's what kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the fact that this whole political system is a cancer. You know, it's a cancer in society. And um, it's basically just people making alliances and and trading out their factions for whoever is on top. And the president that just won, Lula, um, he was in jail for corruption. Uh, And, you know, some people say, well, he must have pissed someone off to just like Dilma did. And, you know, they just punished him and basically said, okay, if you're not going to play the game, I guess you're just going to sit in jail. And so Bolsonaro really came in and it's isn't it always like that's like the hope, you know? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, can't things can be worse than what they are now? And I think Bolsonaro kind of um 
trying, you know, he kind of had a mind of his own a little bit. And he decided in Brazil, I don't know why, but in Brazil, uh, and maybe that happens here too in the US, I'm not sure, but maybe it's not like so overt, like people don't know. But in Brazil, the government actually um, gives funding to the different media television stations and so there's one station that has always been the most popular it's called globo and they actually got the the largest slice of the pie as far as funding pre-bolsonaro pre-bolsonaro and then when bolsonaro came in he decided i think he wanted to give everybody the same (laughs) and globo was pissed so there was definitely a campaign against him from the beginning to the point that I think the majority of my family ended up, which is just hilarious. I remember, you know, fighting with my mom a little bit because uh, she was like, you know, this Lula, he broke the country. He broke your father's company. He worked for 40 years because of the corruption. And then, you know, four years later, what is she doing? Voting, Voting for, for Lula. Lula. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened well, to you? Well, and, and, and that's perhaps the most intriguing thing to me is because uh, I can remember having those conversations, which, you know, I speak a little bit of Portuguese, but obviously it's very difficult to have a political conversation, you know, with, with fluent Portuguese speakers. So I was always just kind of listening to you have those conversations and and. I remember like we we were very critical of, of Bolsonaro when he first came in, R- really just like we were really critical of Trump. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't vote for Trump when, when mm-hmm. he uh, first went in. Uh, I think we had voted libertarian for mm-hmm. Gary Johnson that yeah. year. And, and uh, um, you know, it was intriguing because uh, I remember he we had some challenges with him because with uh, Bolsonaro because he was like uh, sympathetic to dictatorships or or a past Mm -hmm. dictatorship and all of that. And we're like, well, why are you guys for this, this, this character? I mean, this seems like it's going to go the wrong direction. And and they were very much, I think like things are in a bad way. You know, the economy has Mm -hmm. to turn around. And um, I think people were willing to, you know, look at dictatorships again, which is crazy um, because the corruption was so bad and so in your face that they thought, well, maybe, you know, the military, they're more honorable human beings. You know, they have order. They would never, you know, (laughs) steal money from from you. And that was corruption. I mean, come on. Yeah. Always corruption. So, you know, people thought that he would turn things around and, and make and bring the dictatorship back, including me, because it just seemed like there were some tendencies in social media of things people were posting. It's like, I remember one of my, my uh, uncles posted a meme on the family feed that was um, the North Korea, what is his name? Oh, Kim Jong Un. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> a picture of him in a boat saying, hello, good morning. And I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, so I just thought that was the direction that things were going. And it turned out, and, and maybe they were, I don't know. But that's, I was also listening to 
really liberal Brazilian podcast. I didn't even know they were liberal. Liberal at the time. But it was just parts of my family that were more on the liberal side that said, hey, you should listen to this podcast. And they were basically demonizing Bolsonaro, not only them, but, you know, the international media did not like Bolsonaro either. You know, they made fun of him or... And so apparently Lula is friends with uh, the World Economic Forum. He is sympathetic to to China. Um, yeah, it, it it's it is really interesting. And I think I think on that that thing about uh, you know you mentioned about your mom, you know, saying that Lula, you know, really hurt your your the feelings of of your your. No, he she said one time we were talking. She said my dad had a stroke around the, a little after the election happened and he was at work and um on a on a meeting that had to do with them basically dismantling this you the know company, the oil right? company Petrobras which he worked for for over 40 years and you know helped build with his skills yeah um and and because of the corruption you know everybody was under suspicion and uh, my mom was like, "Well, because your dad had a stroke because of this horrible, <laughs> this horrible person," and um, and just to see them both, I think both of them voted for Lula, and I'm like, "What the heck?" They're like, "Well, we were wrong about Bolsonaro." I'm like, "Okay, well, no it, apologies though, for fighting with me." Well, but then in in tandem with that, I mean, I think that not not that we became um, fans of Bolsonaro, just like we never really became fans of Trump per se, but I mean, in, 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 in a few ways we were rooting for both of them. You know, I mean, like we were rooting for Trump at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, he kind of fucked it all up, right? Because he was mm-hmm. pushing this vaccine stuff and then he never really uh, wrote the, sh- or righted the ship. Uh, but Bolsonaro, we, we, we kind of started to come around on him because he didn't want to, it didn't seem like he wanted to play the pandemic game. Uh-huh. And, you know, the pandemic, obviously the reason why we started this podcast and, and, and we started this podcast in Brazil. Remember yeah. we, the, if you go back to the first episode, you can hear the ocean waves crashing. It was actually December, 2020 when the clot shot came out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the shot had just come out when mm-hmm. we started uh, recording this podcast and, uh, you know, to, to, to see the shift in your family members, yeah. you know, uh, to to basically kind of uh, uh, turn around. But, but really, it's not that hard to believe when you think about, I mean, especially like in your folks case, you know, they they consume a lot of television cnn yeah and and the tel- seven and the television was really trying or the, to there's a station called cbn which is i would say probably it's is it yeah that's am radio i think well those are the two stations so it'll be kind of the equivalent of not as elegant as um fox news or no what is the radio station oh my gosh that all the intellectuals listen to. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> why yeah, why, is isn't not, that crazy? I know. <coughs> NPR. 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 So this is not as elegant. So um, they will listen to that. And in Brazil, so it's really important, okay, if you are anybody, okay, and if you're just, uh, I would say in quotes, cultured, okay, that 
you have to watch the news and you got to read, you know, the equivalent of your Times magazine or your or your newspaper, you know, the New York Times or the Washington Post. Because if you don't, you really don't have anything worth to say to anyone. <laughs> and that is, I mean, I remember um, getting ready to take my exams uh, for college admission in Brazil. And I was taking a writing course. And they would just drill into us. Like, you got to be watching the news. You got to be because when it comes time to write your essay, because they will actually present a theme to you that you have to talk about. You got to know what's going on in the news, you know? And that that's since I was like, I don't know, eight years old. I remember eight years old, okay, in third grade or I think third grade. Is that right? I remember I, I was riding home with my mom and there was one student in our class that he was, you know, kind of like the nerd. And his mom basically was bragging to all the other moms how he read the Times magazine version of Brazil at eight years old. And my mom was like, you know, you should be reading this because your little friend there, he's reading that. <laughs> Like, I'm eight. I'm like, what am I going to, you know? Yeah, Mom, really? So, I mean, it, this is just so ingrained. Because, of course, your parents, they want the best for you, right? And the upbringing in Brazil is really, like, you got to take all the extracurricular activities, you know, your English courses, the sports, everything. You got to do everything. The more shit that your kid does, the parents believe the more up to, you know, competing to get your job at the corporation you will be. So it's a very different paradigm, I think, than what we have for, for our kids right now. And I don't know how that's going to work out for them, but I mean, it was a very stressful upbringing. But I, I think you were saying, though, that like with your... And the news was always on. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I know when I'm visiting with you, you know, when we, when we go very, there, it's, it's on all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's on in the car. The car ride from school was always on. Um, it was on when I got home. It was on when I went to bed. And my parents, to the point where they listen to the radio when they go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, because I, I do remember that because yeah. when uh, they always had their door cracked and you could hear the... The right. radio. They on, cannot on the go to sleep without the radio being on. So, and their station now, um, CNN has very high prestige. And now that you have cable TV, right? Me growing up, you didn't have access mm -hmm. to CNN because we didn't have cable or anything. But now, you know that you have access to that. It's just basically always on, and you, we know the. Well, they lean more to the left there. But I think what's really intriguing to me is that, you know, we meet people all the time who are, you know, lifelong Democrats or they're lifelong Republicans or whatever. <laughs> and and you can never really get them to assess, OK, what is it really why I'm a Republican or a Democrat or, you know, and, and what would it take for me to vote the other way and whatnot? Mm -hmm. But you know, and like in this case, we know just, you know, a, a few years ago, they were all about Bolsonaro and now they're not now they're, they're all, and, and it's not that they're, like you said, it's not that they're, they're against Bolsonaro, uh, just that. I mean, they're also 
for the person who screwed them over. You, you know what I mean? In, in the previous election that they said that they would never. So really. Well, to- because I think it's they try to like normalize the crimes, I guess, Lula went to jail for. Right. It was basically he had this apartment that was maybe given to him and maybe he used some public money or some uh bribes to remodel the apartment and so the media then tried to spin that and say well it wasn't it wasn't really that's not how it happens it wasn't really like that and um the big scandal at the time was the corruption with Petrobras. You know, right, right, which he was involved in, that, right? I mean, because it had to start somewhere. I mean, it didn't his, just start in Dilma's. It, was his, it wasn't just his party, the Workers' Party. There were other parties involved. It was and, a joint effort. Yeah, it was a joint effort for sure, where they were basically, the big thing is they were over-inflating um, construction of, you know, roads or highways or whatever you're doing. Who, all the companies that are getting the bids, this, these bids to do these uh, these projects, were overinflating it a lot, and basically they were taking. I think they were some of some of the projects had to do with Petrobras, the Brazilian oil and gas um, company that I think is owned. I don't know if it's fifty one percent is owned still by the. But company. it's significant, yeah. Significant yeah, it's portion. significant. So. Um, I mean, it was a, a huge scandal, and there are all kinds of people involved. Valula probably pissed someone, somebody off at the time, and he probably made up or said, "Okay, I'm going to." Um, yeah, I'm going to do the dance because now. he's got the charisma. He Lula, I mean, he was like the um, the guy that Obama used to call him the man. I think it was it the man. He called well, well, Obama know, called him. So Obama kind of, um, how do you say, like when the queen uh, puts the sword on, knighted, yeah, kind of like that from Obama. So it was a big, it was a big deal. Well, you, but you know, uh, somebody pointed out something interesting, and I just guessed as to what the reason was, but. Uh, you know, they call Lula and they market him by his first name, Lula, which, you know, all president, all, all, all political candidates always go by their last name. You know, like you, you don't, you don't, you never heard George Bush go by George. Oh, what's George doing? What's George? No, well, it's always, what's Lula's Bush doing? Not what's his Bush first doing? Name. It's not his first no. name? No. Lula is like a, I think is a nickname that came from the time that he was doing work with the unions. But I mean, still, still a nickname would be a first name, right? I mean, like we call our daughter Tay. We, we don't call her Hart. You know what I mean? Well, actually, like if you look up his name uh, online, it's Luis Inacio Lula da Silva. Silva. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's I don't lot. know if it, to be honest, it might not even be a nickname. Maybe it's one of his last names. I don't know. Because in Brazil, a lot of people have two last names. Ah, uh, okay. No, it comes. But I, I, I tend to think it's a, it's a nickname. But anyways, it's just interesting to see how now with, you know, social media, so many platforms, plus the mainstream media, plus even the alternative media uh how much easier it is to uh divide and conquer and i think with 
winning this it was a, a very close race apparently you know brazil's elections are all digital i mean they've been digital for a long time so this like brazil as far as control with technology they are way ahead <laughs> than the u.s who knows i mean who knows what kind of shenanigans well and supposedly i mean at least I, I know there was the, the one technology with the voting machines they use all the voting machines you know I don't know if it's Dominion. I don't know what the hell No, it is, wasn't but. Dominion. I, I and the reading. other interesting thing to know is that in Brazil is actually required for you to vote. Which, what does that mean? If you don't, or if you don't at least justify why, why you you're vote. not voting, like you get fined and you can even end up in jail. Oh, wow. And I mean, I still... I'm not sure why. I mean, if voting was a good thing, why do you have to be forced to do it? You yeah. know, I'm just, I need to dig into that a little more. But basically, and this election this year, so four years ago when I did the voting, I basically would just go online on the um, the voting website, I guess, the Brazilian government's website, and I could just, you know, fill out a form this is why i'm not voting and i'm sure there's ways to track that but this time around i actually had to download an app that tracks my location to validate that i'm actually out of my um voting district and i just thought that was just nuts yeah. you know that i had because if i don't do that they won't let me renew my passport wow yeah it's crazy Huh. Well, that's interesting. Well, you know, it, it was um, um, interesting to, you were talking about, uh, you know, whatever Lula and, and Dilma and all them might have uh, uh, been up to, you know, and, and you said they were over, uh, uh, over uh, uh, doing the creation of infrastructure or whatever. Uh, well, basically, yeah, they were, they were giving preference to these, I think it was 13 different companies that were basically they were taking turns of whose turn it is to do the project and then charge you know 10 times more yeah. than what it would cost and then in the end you know they would use all the money and they wouldn't even finish the project so but you know that reminded me you know because like even in our um small little town that we live in here um which you know to kind of give people some I I idea you know we went from kansas city which was about what uh, 1.75 million, I think, in Kansas City as far as the population. And, you know, where we're at now, it's like 3,000. <laughs> so it's a lot smaller, let's put it that way. I don't even think people fill out the, uh, the census. Yeah, there might be more than that. But, I mean, that's not... I, mean, I don't think it's more. It might be less. Really? Oh, you think? I mean, look around us. I know, I know. But, I mean, you know, there's a lot of country, right? You know, you can have quite a few houses in that yeah. country. But... Um, you know, so one of the things when we moved up here, we're thinking, okay, we're, we're moving to, uh, a more conservative area, you know, and, and so we're thinking, okay, well then it's, it's, it's probably some people who are, you know, uh, protecting, um, you know, the, the conservative, well, yeah, freedoms, conservative values, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, that was part of the reason we selected this area as opposed to where the kids go to school which is a i mean more I, liberal. to be honest the first time i came by myself to you know a state i never i hadn't really heard a whole lot about 
Um, I went to the grocery store and it was in the height of the pandemic face coverings, you know, fights and requirements and mandates. And um, nobody was wearing a mask. So I was like, I think we need a movie. <laughs> You're like, I'm sold. Okay. <laughs> I'm it done. didn't take much. I'm like, okay. I guess I'm done with the big city. <laughs> I can breathe and nobody yells at me because I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was that all. That was my criteria. That was your really. criteria. Okay. So it wasn't a very thorough uh, research project for us. It was not. It was just like, you know, you realize that when people don't participate, this shit doesn't fly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like... Even at Costco, I think we talked about Costco. Like, there's nobody. There yeah, was but, nobody. But but yeah, I remember when we were in California, we'd go to Costco. and it No, was, California was nuts out. Yeah. But just saying, like, if you say you don't want to play and all your friends say we're not playing either. I mean, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But anyways... Well, we digress. Yeah, well, but, but uh, you know, obviously we have the the midterm elections coming up, and and along with you know the uh, the midterm from a federal perspective, there's the the uh, everything that's happening at the state and local level as well, and you know, so we have uh, a person that we've uh, known since we moved out here who was uh, running for. Uh, elected office, and uh, uh, he was running against an incumbent, as obviously you, you always do. So he, he was running against an incumbent in the, the primary as well. And so um, he, uh, uh, I think the incumbent didn't think there was any way that he was going to be challenged because, you know, he's pretty entrenched. And so he didn't even really put signs up. He I mean, knows all the right people. Yeah, he didn't even really put signs up in the primary. This was back in the spring. And, uh, um, you know, our buddy, he, he did a pretty effective job, you know, getting the word out and, and he, he squeaked out a victory in the primary. So he won the Republican nomination and, uh, uh in a town like we live in, which is pretty, uh, uh, red, you know, it, I don't even know that there is a Democrat running on the, on the ballot. I think if you win the, rep- the, 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 the primary is really supposed to be the election. You know, and then the official election is kind of a formality. And so, you know, our friend won that uh, um, that uh, primary. And so I think he it thought... It was close. It was close, yeah. yeah I think he, he won by... You know, if, if I said that our, our town is like 3,000 people, I think he won by about 100 votes or something like that. It was something something around there. And, uh, um, you know, so, so I think he thought he was good to go. But, you know, apparently... Um, what we've come to learn, and again, it's a little bit hearsay. We're still, you know, we're still getting to know the the area. But you know, apparently, uh, a lot of the the uh, the people who were born and raised here, you know, they they don't like out of towners, and they're obviously seeing a, a surge of out of towners come in because of the the uh, wave of uh, of people migrating from some of the surrounding states and whatnot. A lot um, of refugees. A lot of refugees from from uh, the pandemic. And uh, a lot of those, uh, some of those people are, are obviously going to be fairly liberal. They, a lot of them came from California. But then, you know, I think that there's really been a, a large uh, chunk of other conservatives who've really moved out of maybe more liberal states and, and, and come into uh, our area. And so 
what's weird, what we've experienced is that, uh, um, you know, from what we hear, you know, if you weren't born and raised here in, in this town, then they don't want you in, in politics. So it's kind of a, you know, protect that, that, uh, territory type of thing. And, uh, you know, there may be a host of reasons for that. Um, but I mean, what's funny is that our friend is, is really conservative. So you're thinking, oh, okay, well they might've been upset, you know, that they lost the primary, but at the end of the day, our, our, our friend is, is, you know, super, uh, uh, conservative. So, you know, he's going to protect those things that you would figure the, 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 uh, incumbent Republican would, would protect. Um, and really our kind of key issue was around taking money for COVID. Mm-hmm. And, we, uh, cause you know, you just always but like, why in the world do you need this money? Yeah. You know, this is just, don't this... you know, it comes with strings attached. Yeah. And, and it's just printed. Right. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's like you're, taxing us and then rerouting it back to the city. So, you know, that was kind of our main thing. It's not that the, the guy who was in office was a bad person, but, you know, maybe he just didn't understand. Well, we don't know. Well, we don't. We know. don't know him. We don't know. But but uh, we. Uh, well, I don't think that he is very nice from all the rumors. Well, well, that's what around. we've come to learn is is uh, uh, basically what happened as a result to kind of come all the way around full circle on the story is that he raised a bunch of money since the primary and he's running a write-in candidacy. And, uh, uh, I've never seen so many signs. <laughs> I mean, this guy's got signs everywhere. It's just nuts. Of all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. He's got wraps on cars. <laughs> he's got big billboards. I mean, this is a town of 3000. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you would think, you, you you probably have as many signs as you would have in Kansas City for an election, yeah. and they're in a tiny town of one major street. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know they're really trying to force this this ride in. But I guess from what we're we're hearing too is that, you know, he's really dividing the town because uh, you know he's spreading a lot of uh, really negative things. He's he, he's he's running a, a nasty campaign against our our friend. And, uh, you know, before that stuff started to come out, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, if he wants to run a write-in candidacy, that's his uh, prerogative. I think it's going to be hard, you know, to get people to write uh, in, but that's his prerogative. But then we started getting the mailers, and and the mailers had some stuff on there that was... uh, I thought the funniest thing... Do you still have the mailing? I don't. I I, I wanted to keep it, but but, but he did have... um, he did have uh, on there like he doesn't support the UN's uh, agenda 2030, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing, okay? <laughs> agenda 2030. Like it was trying to smear, yeah, I mean, our friend that's uh, running, and he had in there that he's, you know, he doesn't support agenda. 2030 and i'm like uh have you do you even know what agenda 2030 (laughs) is that is bad news dude you do not want everything to do with that but but but, he is he is the what is it the president of the john birch society yeah 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 like all these random or like okay those are supposed to be bad things yeah it's just really goofy but then he also said that that because his his uh his spouse, uh, you know, she does real estate that, you know, they were going to like change, uh, make federal lands, uh, mm-hmm. available for sale. It's like, and I know the, the locals are upset with this because I was telling you the story about me making an appointment at a salon downtown and, you know, like 
this happened to me twice, okay, where you go downtown, this tiny little town. Okay, downtown has, it's like a cross, basically, of two streets with some businesses in it, not much going on. Uh, but I was there, and, you know, people with, with my name, uh, people always ask me, where are you from, you know, and and then I asked this lady, she's working on me, and um, I asked her, and that's the second time I did that, what do you think of people coming from the outside? And she looks at me, and she's like, do you really want to know? Like, and I was like, uh, yes, I want to know. And she's like, well, with these people that come from the outside and think that they can run our town, they've have been here for two seconds and they want to like rezone the land. And that's exactly what she said. And she was really upset. And then it went into the conversation about COVID. And I realized even in this little bubble that we live People still think believe that the unvaccinated are like are killing problem. everybody. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe. Even even though they probably didn't wear masks through the no. pandemic because nobody did here. No, you know this place she did, and she's like, and there were people mad at me, and they didn't they didn't want to, and I lost their business and stuff. But that's fine because we're just doing what was right, and I just couldn't believe it. So. Not going back to that business. I mean, not, <laughs> not you know, not because, um, well, the service wasn't wasn't top amazing. Enough. Okay, if it had been amazing, I would gladly go back. But you know, she was courteous to me. It's not like she's uh, being mean, but it was just interesting because it was a family-owned business, so it's two family members kind of, you know, kind of laying on me there and. I have to be really careful what I say or I got to know who I'm talking to because then I was at another business here in town and the manager of the business, like her family owns the business and she manages it. And it was kind of like the same story. I asked, what do you think about people coming from the outside? And she said the same thing. And I kind of went and kind of started asking questions. I said, well, I know the person that's running he's he's lived here for 12 years or yeah. 10 12 years and she was like he's what he's he moved here last year I was, I was like no you know and he he's very active in the community you know of knowing what's going on and going to all the 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 city city council meetings and his daughter you know it's a part of the school board school board you know they're very active they really care about the community and she basically turned around walked away and walked away well and and that was the fun funny thing too is that, is that there's really no um because i was there when that happened and and you know uh -huh. you're, you're having a very cordial yeah, she conversation was just saying, like, but you know she she she's got a daughter that has kids that are our kids age and we're like trying to plan you know play date and stuff and then all of a sudden i said the wrong thing apparently yeah, you know yeah. just because i was trying to clarify it, i was like i'm not sure what you where you heard this but i know this person and this is really not true yeah and she like didn't want to hear it. She just turned on. What do you know, outsider? Well, and 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 so then to top it off, so then I, uh, I uh, 
went with my my friend who's running, and and uh, he was doing a, uh, a thing. We we have we have one major street that runs through the town, and and uh, there is a area by like the visitor center, which uh, uh, has a little grassy area where we. Uh, lots of us who were supporting him met and we held flags and signs. And I think there was about 35 of us that uh, came out and and it was a cold day, you know, it was, it was uh, 33, 34 degrees and uh, windy, very windy, which made the flags look great because they were blowing (laughs) hard, but it was, uh, it was extremely cool uh, to be out there. And uh, um, you know, I, we get a lot of traffic because we are the major thoroughfare, uh, in Canada. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, in, in four minutes, I think I counted, you know, 50, 60 cars. So I was there for three hours, uh, waving the, the flag. And, uh, you know, we had people, uh, some people giving us the finger. I mean, these are grown people, you know, even, even, uh, uh, somebody be your grandma driving by, get, taking their hands off the wheel and, and putting both middle fingers up as they drove by. We had others who would just slam on their horn and just hold it down as they drove by. We also had big semis would, uh, uh, I was telling you, I, I was actually thinking some of them might Right. run you over right. like like drive up on the right on the thing the it was it was pretty wild uh um but you know we also had a ton of people and, and actually it was much more we had were you know honking and, and waving positive positive but but Way i back. but i mean you know i i think in the three hours i was there i there were probably you know 30 or 40 cars uh throughout that time that came by and either did thumbs down or yelled something or or um uh, you know, just, just did something derogatory. And, and, uh, I just couldn't believe, you know, a small town like this, because, you know, even if you're, you, you don't want that person to win the election. I mean, you're, you're going to see these people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're going to see them at restaurants, yeah. you know, maybe their businesses are going to serve you, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just wild to me that you would, you would do that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I volunteered to go, uh, hold a flag at the, um, you can't be at the polling location, but you can be like, I don't know what it is, 150 yards or, or away from it. So it's down at the fairground. So, you know, I, I, I did this during the primary, too. But I'm going to hold a flag down there. And then they and ha- you had people yell at you then, too, right? Well, we had... Telling you to go back to Kansas City. We, we only had we only, we only had one guy who, yeah, he wanted to come out and he almost threw punches, but the police were there um, saying, we don't do that here in this town. We don't do that. You know, he's yelling and go back to where you came from. I'm like, he said, he's like, go back to California. I'm like, I'm from Kansas city. He's like, well, go back there. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, uh, but then we did have some like really left wing people with blue hair come through and they were giving us the finger when they, when they went through. But I mean, you know, you expect that, right. There's not too many of those here where we're at, but, um, you know, to, to get it from other supposed conservatives Mm -hmm. is is really crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very intriguing um, uh, juxtaposition because it, it's like you have the same issue that you have in uh, major market towns between the Democrats and the Republicans, but you've got it between conservative, all conservatives, mm-hmm. supposedly. You well, know, the locals. And the locals versus the out-of-towners. The divide and conquer, you know. So that that really blew me away, and, and it made me... Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked about in past episodes, you know, 
because you know I, I was I was sitting there with one of the the gentlemen who was holding a flag you know on the side of the road and uh, you know he's talking about you know really hope that you know we can win this and all this and I, and I looked up at him and I'm like uh, well you know I'm here I'm here to support our buddy you know um, and and uh, hold the sign but I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you I don't think there's a political solution yeah, I mean if we if we cannot um, come together even as conservatives in a, in a small town, you know, of, mm-hmm. of 3000 people, then mm-hmm. how are we going to come together as a country, you know, where, where you actually have this belief divide, you know, and, and I mean, which it, is basically manufactured. It is. Right? It's basically manufactured. They like told you what your, your, your marching orders are to yeah. believe in. Um, but I, I told him, I go, I, I don't think there's a political solution. You know, I, th- I think mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have to start something new mm-hmm. and people are just going to have to move away from the system that is. Yeah, we go back to, you know, the interviews we had with Robert Michael and the House of Marquez of, I mean, the system is working as designed. The divide is there for a reason. And if you want something different, you probably are not going to find it by putting your energy in a system that is that basically sells you down the river. Well, and I think that that what we're seeing now. I mean, we, we talked a little bit before we started the episode. You know, uh, we were we were talking about discussing Elon Musk a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. because he bought Twitter. You know, and, and everybody's thinking, "Oh, look, free speech is alive and well." Elon Musk has come in. You know, and and uh, he's already you know trying to cut deals with the same people that that. Uh, are are killing free speech, you know, and, he, and he's already doing that. So, I mean, he's already showing that, you know, he's not going to be this uh, uh, purveyor of, of, uh, of free speech to the masses, you know. And so we're, we're in the situation where these tools are being used against us, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to keep us all as, as far in our corners as possible and not coming together and, and talking about what we do have in common, you know, mm-hmm. what, we, what we do hope and dream for one another and and uh um it's i just don't know how you can beat that that technical goliath you know because it it it, it's so powerful with as as connected as so many people are into devices you know and whatnot i mean we were just having that conversation you know about Mm -hmm. you know breaking away connecting into nature what's really important and you know it's hard you know even when you know that that's what you need. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard to really. Yeah, it's hard to compete, it. right, with the entertainment that you get from your little device that has, you know, I laugh that it has an apple. Oh with right, a, right. With a bite, with the bite missing. I mean, they're telling you right there. This is not for, <laughs> for what is it? The highest, the highest benefit of humanity, mankind. Yeah. So I. But mean, I mean, life. It's hard to get life to function without it these days. I mean, there are people that do it, but I'm not really sure. It's it's a relearning, really relearning what it is like to be human and trust again. Back to that that conversation of trusting yourselves, like you, because we are so out of alignment with nature and with, I think, what our purpose was meant to be 
here in this realm. Well, I mean, whatever you, it is, round, flat. You and I, <laughs> you you and I had that conversation before we recorded, mm-hmm. and you know, and we were like, "Can we go that deep? You know what I mean? Can can we can we really tackle that subject like in this episode? You know, or is it even meaningful to talk about?" the election, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's just a distraction. It is a distraction. You know, so, 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 I mean, is that... But a, baby steps too, right? Well, and that's what I was trying to say, you know, when we were, had our little back and forth earlier is, is uh, you know, most people are still uh, way deep in that, you know, and, and, and they do give it a lot of credence, a lot of importance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah. you, you have to talk through that experience like you were talking through that experience of, of, of you being a Brazilian citizen and how you experienced, you know, the Lula Bolsonaro thing, mm-hmm. understanding that you haven't, you know, been part of that ecosystem in Brazil for a long time since you've been here, but still, you know, it, it because you have family there, it's, it's part of your, yeah. your, your, uh, your, yeah, the politics there definitely affect me, you know, how the pandemic affects me even during the, uh, Bolsonaro, um, government, you know, they, they passed this, they passed this, like, was it a, it was a code, it was a lock code, okay, like, you guys are gonna laugh at this, <laughs> so it was basically, if I'm a citizen of Brazil, but I, I'm not a resident, and I haven't had, uh, the needle, I basically couldn't get in, they wouldn't let me in. And that was during Bolsonaro's um, term. And the code for this legislation was 666. Right. I remember that. From all the numbers yeah, you can yeah, pick, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> all the numbers. It's just dumb luck. It's just dumb luck, right? Yeah. Just randomly generated by <laughs> a machine somewhere. I don't know. So, you know, I mean, well, and, and I you- couldn't get in. And then now they changed that a little bit, but there's still, I would say, discrimination because, you know, how many people do we know that uh, got sick after, you know, the injection? And, uh, you know, and then you got a test with a fraudulent test. You know, to, well, we to were get just, in. Yeah, we were just talking about that last night. So, I mean, you, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. We, yeah. We've got our exemptions, but then you, they, you, they still get you because you got to jam something up your nose, mm-hmm. you know, to get in. And so or you're I like, don't see my family. So, okay, like I got to pay a little bit of attention, even if I don't want to participate. And then I start thinking, well, how do missionaries do it? How do they travel internationally? How did... A drug dealers do it, you know. <laughs> well, drug dealers just get their own planes, right? I mean, they've got the funds. <laughs> they just, uh, you know, they land right into the forest or something. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> got to figure out what kind of routes are they are they taking? I mean, you seriously, you're no, I'm being about serious. This, this this crap because you're like, how do you see the people that you? You love, you know, even with all your faults and brainwashing and arguments and, you know, falling for the divide and conquering strategies. I mean, I still love them. I want to be with them. I want to see them. I have uh, 
a twin niece and nephew that I haven't met yet, and I would love to meet them. So, you know, I fall in line because I got a fly commercial. (laughs) Maybe that'll change. Maybe that would change. Maybe, you know, the, what is it, billion dollar? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did somebody win? No, they didn't. Oh. It's it's almost two billion. It's 1.9. The cash option is almost a billion. Wow. It's 929, I think, Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. So we'll get our ticket tomorrow. Maybe we'll... We'll win that. Would that be a, a uh, well? We would. Let's put it this way: we wouldn't be telling you guys on here. <laughs> and I hear that all the people that win usually end up dead, or you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Their life, their life goes or, into shambles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe that's not the way either. But you know, so we're going into this election on Tuesday, the midterms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that. Uh, you all know where Leo or where Fabi and I stand. You know is that mm-hmm. is that uh, we're taking our steps to uh, separate ourselves. Well, but I mean, I mean, we don't think it's going to change anything. If anything, no, uh, from the system. Yeah, right? from the system standpoint, and, and you know, you know, here's what's an interesting thing is, and we we talked about this a little bit early on, earlier on in the season. We 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 talked about. Uh, um, you know, the pendulum swings, right? And so mm-hmm. we saw, you know, uh, when Obama left office and then Trump came in, the, the, the pendulum sw- swung one way. Then, boom, it swung far the other way. And then Biden came in, or at least, you mm-hmm. know, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then, it, and now it's swinging back super hard. And we said, okay, well, look, you know, now you're, you're going to have this this right-wing wave, you know, and, and, and we're not we're not exactly right wing either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think, I think that could be a bad thing too. You know what I mean? I mean, I think even Leo and I don't really agree on what is the optimal way of life. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, well, within our own homes. Well, I don't think either of us probably have it all the way figured out. So, oh no. You know, yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to put what puzzle pieces we have together and say okay yeah i like that piece I like how that do we piece. keep this children alive yeah yeah fed exactly. and alive but yeah so i mean i would not be too um uh invested in the outcome of the election the midterm election is going to happen mm-hmm. here and you know i'm going to be working Which it actually feels very freeing oh yeah yeah you know you're kind of in the election drama but not of it <laughs> Well, I told you I did that flag waving and I was mad. Oh, yeah. I was mad. I mean, I had this like energy in me from all of that, uh, you know, some of the people being negative. Oh, I had had not felt anger like that. You know, it was something that that really does not involve me, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not invested in the election at all. Um, You know, those... The incumbent is in there right now, you know what I mean? And I'm living here fine, you know, so whatever. He doesn't know us. The what? He doesn't know us. He doesn't know us. We don't really know him. And we're not going to mention his name here, you know. <laughs> yeah. We don't want anybody to, to to get mad at us that might hear from, uh-huh. from locally. That we, we're spreading misinformation. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to say. But but we, we, we're all, we're open to the conversation. I think it's the, it's those that don't want to converse then typically that means they've got or they want to go to aggression or they want to because they have nothing to say motivate with unhappiness yeah yeah so that's not what we're about but yeah but anyway when they when the election comes here i I wouldn't be too worried about the the outcome i would i would still try to um 
you know, communicate with people who see things somewhat differently than you and and try to build those bridges uh, because I think that's what we need. Um, But you can forgive, but do not forget. Remember, one thing they were trying to sell this week is that we need an amnesty for those that, that mistreated people during the pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> Don't buy into that. Okay, there there will be no amnesty. Okay, uh, uh, you you people need to be held accountable. They need to know where they made those mistakes because that's the only way they're not gonna they're not gonna do them again. You know, and so uh, don't just give a pass because you want to go back to wine night. You know, and 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 gossip with uh, with with your friends. You know, you, you, they need to understand what they did wrong. Uh, and that, you know, it's not going to be tolerated again if, because at some point they're going to pull this, this shit again, you know, they're going to try in some way, shape or form, uh, maybe, well, maybe not be for a little bit, but they're going to, Mm -hmm. and uh, we need to be, be vigilant about that. So Mm -hmm. any parting words you want to leave? No, just be, take responsibility, be sovereign and go for what you want. Go for the society that you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, man. <laughs> you're, you're like an infomercial. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. It's always so loud every time I hit it. It doesn't matter if I have the volume. Yet. Well, anyway, Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy. Oh, don't forget to follow visit. us on Telegram. Follow us on the Telegram. The Collective Resistance Podcast. Yes. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay curious. Ciao.